in case you missed it on Newsbreak. The Kings of Durban, the true and untold story of Durban's gangland by Tipa Pandey. The 1949 riots destroyed a nation and separated a people during the dark days of apartheid. It was during this time that the African National Congress and the South African Indian Congress stepped in to defuse the tensions in townships and segregated areas. In part three of the series on the Kings of Durban, a book written and researched by Deepak Pandey, the apartheid government had a tough time keeping the streets clean and the people separated. And it was during this time that the Durban's underworld flourished. On January 15, 1949, the fighting in Cato Manor died down completely. Military regiments who arrived from all over the country removed the dead and wounded. Apartheid police shut down all bars and beer halls and arrested a number of Indians and Africans. One much-respected African man in Cato Manor who sacrificed his life to save an Indian family was commended by both the ANC and the SAIC. The aftermath of the massacre left 44,738 homeless Indians who were all housed in camps around the city. 268 Indian homes were completely burnt down and in 1960 partially destroyed and looted. 47 Indian businesses were completely burnt to the ground and 791 partially damaged and looted. According to Major George Bestford, the official number of the death toll tallied up to 87 Africans, 50 Indians, one white and four others whose identity could not be determined. 1,087 in total were left injured, 541 Africans, 503 Indians, 11 coloreds and 32 whites. Of the injured, a further 58 died. This is a very touching tale, taking us back to the 1949 riots. How was the 1949 riots a catalyst for the start of the Crimson League? That was actually the beginning, you know, that's when the Crimson League, they were not gangsters, they were a group of businessmen and sportsmen. And they saw, you know, what was actually happening in the community and they were seeing how the apartheid system was actually trying to break the relationship between Indians and Zulus that we were very close. So they formed and they actually institutionalized the 1949 riot to break up that relationship. So the Crimson League basically formed a security forum for the guys in Durban because as you can see and as you read, the businesses were highly affected. The Crimson League basically came in place and said, you know what, we're going to offer protection and we're going to clean up the city. So you, you, you notice like pickpockets and petty thugs and petty crimes obviously were eliminated because of the Crimson League and the Big Five. So they came in there and they basically took control of the streets, but in a passive way. So it wasn't bloody. It was all run professionally with codes of ethics. And that was actually the turning point, at, I'll say, for the gangland also in Durban. <laughs> It was regarded as a period of mourning and peace that was respected throughout the gangland. Gradually, the city got into its old energy as the reconstruction and cleaning process started in town. Anyone who was old enough to remember the 1949 riot will tell you 
Cross, Short and Bond Street were the safest places to be in town during the xenophobic intolerance, simply because these streets served as the restricted territory and headquarters of the well-respected Crimson League. Well, here it is, Deepak. And tell us about the Big Five. Is that what they were called, the Crimson League? Yeah, the capo, Big Five. There was um, Toto Bana, Mohamed Aki Vahid, Big Daddy Naidu, Vijaya Mudli, Max Muller. All these guys basically formed themselves and got together and they developed the Crimson League. So it was a nucleus that was formed, you know, during the 1949 riot. They had to come in there and clear the streets. They were, they were aggressive enough to come out there and also give Durban what Durban needed at the time. They needed protection. The Indian community needed somebody to fall back on to say, well, you know, these guys got my back. If there's a problem, we can go to somebody. And that's where the Big Five was for the passenger Indians and the business people and sports athletics of Durban as well. So was extortion the main way that they made money? You see, it, it began by protection fees, not extortion. So as time went by, you know, the Crimson League basically inhabited some bad off the streets. So... Those guys kind of came in, like you got guys like Michael John who came in and changed the face of how gangsters operated and how the gangland operated. So the protection slowly diminished and became extortion. So when it became extortion, that's when it got bad because now you're not accepting what people are giving you. You're basically charging them a fee and you implemented that fee and by all means necessary. So it was run by an iron first, the extortionists in Durban, mm-hmm. and they had to be stopped. So that's what basically how the Crimson League and the Salots and the old Dutch gang ended up in a three-corner gang war in the 50s. It was fight for that power and fight for that uh, leadership, if mm. you want to call it. You know? But eventually, if they broke the law, then they paid the price. Yes, but there came, a, there came a time where the Crimson League, as powerful as they were, they couldn't handle a certain situations that was happening, especially between the three-cornered gang or between the Salots, the old Dutch gang, and themselves. Mm. And also, at the same time, you got Detective Vasapalei, who was on the case trying to bust them at every corner he could get. Mm-hmm. And Aya Khan was just there as a reporter, basically publicizing everything. So it was a tough time as well for the Crimson League. And the only thing that they wanted to survive from them, I think, was their code of ethics. Mm-hmm. And, and they didn't want that to diminish because that was so sacred to them, the Big Five. If, if they were around now, I don't think they'll be actually happy to see how things actually turned out. Their family is here in Durban. We've got a lot of their family members across Australia, UK, India as well. I am in communication with most of them. The thing is nobody, I think, cares, I'll say. A lot of people, I'll say, still got power to command the sort of respect that the Big Five and Crimson League done back then. But I don't think people care enough. Now it's all greed and money driven. Back then it wasn't all about the money. It was their honor is what they carry them. Their names is what they live by. That was author of The Kings of Durban, Deepak Pandey. Tune in next week for the tale of Sheriff Khan, the notorious gang boss who famously averted death during the apartheid era, only on Newsbreak Legends on Lotus FM. Started in Durban, ended in infamy. Newsbreak, Lotus FM, powered by SABC News.